Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. Today's episode is on juice. Wait, we don't talk about disgraced NFL stars. We don't talk about electricity either. So what are we... Oh, actual juice. Where's the alcohol in that? I mean, just wait a few months till it's wine or something. Okay, it's, so it's a non-alcoholic episode today. But that doesn't mean there isn't something to learn. Maybe this will be a healthier episode. Or maybe not. Still, either way, join us as we have a drink. <laughs> have a drink the show where you learn along with us about what you drink i'm Brittany walker i'm drop stuff everywhere <laughs> and i'm christopher walker Damn it. <laughs> sorry we're in the middle of that thing and i dropped the the lid to this drink and i went oh god no and i was like oh. and now i'm hitting the microphone and i'm just i'm a mess <laughs> the cork which sounded like a, it was like a duck suddenly i was like what is this sound i didn't have it on the screen and i was like what's happening i drink what i want <laughs> you drink the blood of ducks, okay? <laughs> that those ducks know what they did. Ducks are jerks. <sighs> they are. We, so, we could do a whole episode on ducks being jerks, but how's everybody doing? <laughs> I mean, what? <sighs> where do where where do we start? Do we start today? Do we start two weeks ago? Do we start at birth? Like what's <laughs> March four hundred? Birth might be a little seconds. little far back. But, uh, you know. Well, um, we've had a bit of a day. Uh, we had the fifth flood in our apartment. Well, fifth water incident. Water so incident, yeah. This wasn't really a flooding. It, I'm sure it was for some upper floors. Mm, yeah. Somebody uh, trickled down to you. Like like the economics that didn't work of old. Yeah. It's yeah. like the 80s. Um some the third floor because we live in an apartment and the third floor we're on the first floor. Uh, someone's water tank burst. On the third floor. On the third floor. And it went down. 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 <laughs> down. To a soaking ring of terrible drywall. Yeah, it just sounded yeah. like it was raining in our walls when we got up this morning, and you know we got up at six and slept no in. One, <laughs> Actually, we was, did. Actually. That's it for you guys. <laughs> um, but her parents were coming, and that's why we were getting up. You know, there was an alarm set. Otherwise, we would have just slept until whenever the hell we woke up and then felt bad because our son would have laid in bed for hours not saying awake, yeah. not making a noise, and peeing his diaper to the point that it can't hold another drop of <laughs> liquid. Yeah. But well, I'm glad being, that's never happened before. <laughs> yeah, us being no. horrible parents aside... <laughs> 
uh, no, apparently no one wakes up for anything, even if uh, the hot water tank, which is mere feet away from the master bedroom, suddenly erupts and turns into Old Faithful, and it doesn't wake you up. Meanwhile, us on the ground floor getting all the water have call maintenance, go up and start beating on doors. No one's answering them. No one's getting up. I can put my ear to the door and hear water running inside the apartments. Like I can hear the water falling in their walls. They they won't get up to answer the door. We're calling maintenance, the emergency line. No one's answering. We're leaving answering machine messages. Three messages. And when they finally get someone here, three and a half hours after we first reported the problem, saying there's water flooding from the walls into our unit, took them three and a half hours to get someone out. Yeah, not not salty about that at all. No. Someone, and, someone had, someone's having a bad water bill, by the way. Thankfully, our water bill is all like it's included. It's, it's so one, it's, oh. one flat rate. Yeah. So, so okay. But it was he, funny. The uh, he the, just looks at the water damage and goes okay, and then leaves, and then comes back like two hours later and is like, oh no, it was third. And like basically the rundown. He's like, yeah, everyone was still asleep. And by the time he got here, it was 11.30 in the morning, and everyone was still in effing bed. We were the, like, no one else had called. We were having lunch at that point with <laughs> my mom and dad. Um, with water running out from under the wall. Yeah, so the wall that it happened on was, like, where our linen closet is. We had um, big frames uh, had, hanging on that wall. Yeah, a couple of frame things. The water was such that it pushed the push pin well, out of the wall, and the frame fell. Well, it was, no, it soaked it to the point that the pushpin couldn't hold, like it yeah, yeah, wouldn't yeah. hold it anymore. So the wall is so saturated with water that everything just fell off of it. Yeah. And yeah, they just came and were like, okay, we, we stopped the stopped the leak, we turned the water off up there. Someone will be out on Monday to look at the water damage for you. <laughs> it's like, okay. I, I say, now's your chance. Get some super soakers and just start spraying all down the, all of your walls. <laughs> This everything was damaged. I demand restitution. Well, I was going to because of the as we were saying, this is the fifth time something like this has happened to us in this unit, and we were going to demand to go to a different unit. And now we're sitting here going, "There's two other units. They're not going to do that to us. Like they won't let us." No. Because I was going, we're going. I was like, let's try and use this for a free upgrade. No. No, not going to no. happen now. We had to take everything out of the linen closet because that's where a lot of the water was accumulating, and it's all just like now our bedroom, which was clean. By the way, <laughs> oh, we'd spent the last two or three days since their parents were coming scrubbing the apartment. Like we set up last night late. I was like, all right, we're going to set up. And I was drinking and scrubbing and uh, disinfecting everything. And after a while, the the glass <laughs> and the brush get confused and you're just pouring whiskey into <laughs> things and drinking a brush. I may have brushed my teeth with a toilet brush. I don't know. Look, it, it, things I don't got know, clean. Stuff's clean. Alcohol scented. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's how our day was going. And uh, actually, my last week went pretty great. Um, I went to the 2020 Dark Lord Day. Mm, yeah. See, you had it too up. good for too long. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what it was. Went to know. pick up my Dark Lord. I got... Uh, Marshmallow Hanji as my variant, because I only got one pack. So that's that's just the uh, vanilla bourbon barrel aged Dark Lord. It's 
Still sounds good. Yes. Uh, very excited to crack one of those open. And yeah. Uh, 2074. Chicago, Chicago sucks. Uh, I'm going to say that over and over. Traffic in Chicago is the absolute worst on the planet. Anytime I try and get near the city, cars just start exploding. <laughs> I was going to say, how many car fires did you drive by? Couldn't even drive by it. Shut the highway down. Like I got rerouted <laughs> off of the interstate when I'm looking at my timeline and I, just, I was listening to uh, Snuff on Audible. Uh-huh. So I'm just cruising along listening to, you know, goblins getting beheaded and I just kind of in my own little world. And I'd look and see my time. Oh, two and a half hours. Drive for about an hour. Look back down. Still two and a half hours to get there. That's not right. <laughs> so I kind of do a little pinch and zoom and look, and it's like, car fire. <laughs> and I'm being rerouted another way that's adding an extra hour on, when in fact it took me an extra two hours to get to the brewery. Well, so I mean, everyone else is getting day. routed that way, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, everyone else is getting routed that way. Then there were three accidents because of the sudden influx of people who don't take those roads. <laughs> And I was just like, oh, my God. And then I, I decided to go to a bottle shop. Because I was, I was all, all the way up there, taking so long. I was like, F it. I'm going to go try and get some hot butcher and some other things. And the closest bottle shop is, like, it, it was only supposed to be, like, 25 minutes away. And I was like, okay, I can just take the interstate. No, I get up there and look. It's a toll road. Because that's the other <laughs> thing to think about. Every road is an effing toll road <laughs> around Chicago. Burn the place to the... Ugh, I hate it. When I'm suddenly taking back roads, and it like triples my time to try and get to this bottle shop. Uh, the pricey other, city. I mean, the it, windy city. Burn it all to the ground. But in other good news, highlights, I am finally getting over my upper respiratory infection that I had. We put up Yay. all of our Christmas decorations because eh. whatever, you know. Because let's get this year over with. Yeah, we're done. Uh, it's a joy. And every time the tree gets le- um, plugged in and lit up and uh, our son is like, wow, which is wonderful. He likes to grab the bulbs on the tree and go bounce, bounce. And, like, and we're nope, like, those, no, those won't bounce. Those are the opposite of bouncing. Um, and he goes, bounce, boo, bounce. Okay. Sorry. Uh, and, and then uh, we... And, the other highlights is uh, his. we celebrated his birthday uh, in some form or another. Twice now. Tomorrow's the third time. Yeah, actually. So there, there have been some good times, at least. There, we've had some issues, but we've had also some good times. So how, how have you been, Bob? So normally we'd talk here about our news. <laughs> no. Uh, fine. Just tired. It's been a lot of work and a lot of other stuff i was on uh cocktail hour this this week and had some yeah. whiskey uh how was that by the way i've never heard of that uh it it's uh it's you know we could we could talk a little bit about it later maybe hmm. okay it's 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 pretty good uh, or i'm sure you could go check out uh sure. the yeah. cocktail hour pre-show over on Ritual Misery podcast, on Twitch. you can. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I was down. Uh, I was on there with uh, Aunt Pruitt, who's just now got onto Twit, and 
it was a it's a fun time. He was suggesting they do they do whiskeys, and he said he selected this one, so I went out and bought a bottle, and uh, which led to the amusing exchange between me and Kent of him going, you know, like, do you have any of this this scotch on hand? And I went, well, I'm in a liquor store right now. <laughs> I'm looking at the bottle. Yeah. Uh, if I on hand, like, and then you like, mean it's within hand's reach. And like five minutes later, okay, it's purchased. So yeah, I have it on hand. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, it was it was a it was a good show. It's it, it was nice to have a scotch I hadn't had before, uh, and kind of experiencing it along with them. It's also fun to be familiar with how Kit and Amos do things with someone who's not as familiar. Oh, because <laughs> he was like, "All right, we're gonna start telling a story about the history of this." this brewery i was like oh it's it's bs time and the other guy is like starts giving actual history and i went nope that's not what we're here for today yeah i enjoyed that actually yeah when we got to do that uh <laughs> he was like yeah it's a highland scotch i'm like that's right and they have a competition once a year when they all all the scotches gather together and they begin to you know they they fill a, a calling to each other and there can be only one it's like, oh yeah, and they like they have strongman competitions. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what I mean. <laughs> uh, wonderful. Yes, it was still fun. Like the guy was, uh, everyone was was super great on there, and I love being on there every t- any chance I get. So nice. I think it's <sighs> my turn next time. Is it your turn next time? I think so. I don't know. <clears throat> Depends on the drink. Because last time when there was a tequila drink, you said, I don't want to drink tequila. You go in my place. <laughs> so I went and had Tequila Sunrise and loved it. Real, That was very proud of what I made. Mm. It didn't look good. It tasted pretty good. And I was like, oh, yeah. Damn. I mean, Apparently, I like tequila sunrises. <laughs> that's the trick with a tequila sunrise is making it a sunrise and not a sunset. <laughs> <laughs> or just making it, I don't know what you call it, a doomsday when it just used too much. Just, just like syrup. what happened? It, it, now it's just all red. Whatever. <laughs> just just drink. Uh, but yeah. Uh, now, like I was joking about segueing to, normally we would have some news in around this section once upon a time, but that has its own stream now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah. This week's news episode, we were talking about some uh, big. I don't know, one didn't sell out, but the largest importer in the country uh, being basically foreclosed on. Yeah. Yeah, the the bank came and put a sign out front. Yeah, Shelton Brothers. Uh, It's it's not good times if you like imported beer. And it... it, Oh, I was going to say, it is good times if you you work at Sweetwater and like money. Yes, yes, uh, they, they've got some things kicking down there. And uh, Guinness taking up like a quarter of the news episode. They, they had some news. They, they did. They're doing a lot down there. Positive and, and negative. Is it things they shouldn't have done? <laughs> uh, but yeah, check that out on its own special feed. That's uh, Have a Drink News. News! All right, well, uh, today we have a topic you lie to me. We're not that drunk. Seeking bastards. We're not that drunk. 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 We're not that
Not on this, we're not. Uh, no, well, I might be better not yet. <laughs> well, considering we, none of us just, may be drinking. I was say, none of us may bourbon. be drinking style, but yeah, no, I don't know. I'm close. Uh, yeah, no, we are, uh, we're talking about juice today and there's basically a lot of history we could talk about here. Uh, and we're going to, uh, <laughs> okay. It, it, okay. So today's episode is, I, I'm going to give some warning here. It's like three or four very small episodes that kind of got smashed together. Because I mean, it happens a lot. I feel like it happens a lot, but this is actual juice juicing craze where it's like oh we're gonna take whatever and we're gonna live healthy by only consuming juice and then some histories on uh uh oh see uh don't know she's in the chat Brittany, and he's saying uh whatever you want it to be is what a uh, cocktail hour is next week yeah. uh but then uh and then it's uh, a little bit of history on two of the major ones mostly because there's not much to them, and seemed as good a place as any to put that in. So let's talk about the largest section of this, which is the history. Uh, look, so, all, you know, it's going to be a good time when you look down on the first page. You're seeing reference to the Dead Sea Scrolls. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's a little confusing bits of history at this. So the first, then we have a group of grape pits that date to about 8,000 BC that shows early evidence of juice production, although it's thought that grapes may have been alternatively used to produce wine, and I kind of one assumes they had to have made the juice first, though. You had to have had the liquid to let it ferment. Right, like someone had to make that go, hmm, that's pretty good, and then someone left it in a jar somewhere too long and went, oh, it's not as tasty, but I do feel good. (laughs) Uh, you know, early caveman drunk. Uh, so one of the first regularly produced juices was lemonade, actually, appearing in 16th century Italy. That is not something I ever think of. No, it's not. Like, one, Italian lemonade, and two, lemonade in the 16th century in Italy. Uh, but it was as an import after its conception in the Middle East. Okay. Yeah. Orange juice originated in the 17th century. Uh, In the 18th century, James Lind linked citrus fruits to the prevention of scurvy, which a century later led to the implementation of the Merchant Shipping Act of 1867, where I guess they finally went, you know what, guys? Do you enjoy not having all your teeth fall out? Guess what? (laughs) Do you enjoy not dying a malnourished death? Uh, so uh, basically that act required all ocean-bound British ships to carry uh, citrus-based fruit juice on board uh, now if we want to look down to people drinking stuff for just pure health reasons at least in terms of juice uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls mentioned the mashing of pomegranate and figs by an ancient tribe no- uh, from Israel known as the uh, Essenes I believe is how that's called. That's it's how been I a, it. I said that's been a long time. I vaguely recall them, but it's been a long time since I've had I've done any any research in that area. Uh, they said the pomegranate juice gave them strength, made them strong, like bull. 
Sorry, anytime I see gave strength, I just think of strong like bull. I'm, yeah. I'm easy to predict. Uh, it might be the earliest attempt or at least earliest record to separate juice from the fruit primarily for healing benefits. Hmm. Uh, certain someone else did it before that because everyone has something that they know works with no actual evidence. Look, it's magic potions. Yeah. It's uh, so now beginning in the 19th century, the most common way of serving fruit juices was uh, with added sugar and water in the form of uh, aids such as Apple-Aide. Never heard of that before. Lemonade and Orange-Aide. What about Gatorade, where it's made from the juice of gators? <laughs> that that uh, No, that would check out from the original Gatorade, the lemon-lime flavor. You're just looking at yeah. going, no, this is just like... This is gator piss, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's just like alligator urine. Uh, well, uh, yeah, so, so such... Yeah, there's also apparently a strawberry aid. These were sometimes served icy cold and called sherbets. Okay. Which is where we get into the confusing what exactly is sherbet <laughs> debate. Delicious. Nobody knows. Look, uh, rainbow 18... it and put it in ice cream. That's all I want. <laughs> in 1869, a dentist by the name of Thomas B. Welsh developed a, pasteurizing me a pasteurization method that allowed for the storage of juice without for the juice fermenting into alcohol. This is one of those he moments was, where it's like the it, when you find out that the heart attack grill was made by a dietitian. <laughs> it's like a dentist. No, like he's just like, god, everyone's teeth are being just absolutely eroded from all the juice. Like it's just all this for teeth and then you just see the last name knowing what he's going to go on and do. Uh uh, yeah, uh, but the uh, – <laughs> I just look at that, though, and just think, like, in other news, dentist Killjoy finds a way to ruin wine. <laughs> uh, anyway, his method involved filtering squeezed grape juice into bottles, sealing it with a cork and wax, and then placing them in boiling water. This method killed the yeast responsible for fermentation. Uh, he then sold his new product as Dr. Welsh's unfermented wine. Again – Dr. Killjoy Buzz Killington. Wine. <laughs> yeah. uh, in the late 18th century, the United States circulation of foreign juices were heavily regulated by tariffs. Uh, the McKinley Tariff Act of uh, 1890 increased the import tax from uh, 38 to 49.5%, which is pretty high, yeah. and set taxes on fruit juices based on the alcohol content of the drink. Hmm. So this is not the first time the McKinley Tariff Act of 1890 has come up in an episode. Hmm. It is not, no. So juices with 18% uh, or less alcohol were taxed 60 cents per gallon. Anything above 18% was uh, taxed $2.5 per proof gallon. Wow. So all of a sudden, it got a lot cheaper to, you know, make and sell that. Uh but, you know, throughout the ages, we have people who are trying to find health things with juice. You know, herbalists and health practitioners have grated or ground fresh herbs and soft fruits. Soft fruits sounds gross, by the way, uh, yeah. just as a pair of words. Yeah. Uh, and press the juice along with the healing uh, active uh, constituents from them. Dr. Max Gerson was the first to put that concept uh 
that a put forth the concept that a diet could be used to cure cancer and other de- diseases, uh, and I guess as therapy. But it wasn't until the 1930s when author and raw food proponent Dr. Norman Walker first invented the first juicing machine that became widely available. The following we have here is from an article in The Atlantic about this man, and I have to say, at this point in our research, I became very happy. (laughs) And you're going to see why, because I love a good con man. Mm -hmm. Norman Walker died in 1985 when he was 99 years old. Or 104. Or 118. It depends on who you ask. <laughs> Wikipedia out, takes uh, st- he has to be my ancestor because he died the year I was born and his last name was Walker. Right. Possibly. Wikipedia takes a skeptic's view of Walker and said he died at 99. Uh, there is some evidence that is correct. It's also consistent with the 1933 New York Times account of Norman Walker, who ran a Brooklyn Institute of Orthodietetics and was found guilty of bilking the Institute students out of $150 in tuition. Mm. Mm-hmm. Norman Walker was 46 at the time, and he would have been 99 in 1985. Walker himself was circumspect about his age. In 1972, he wrote, How am I? How old am I? I'm ageless. That's that doesn't sound like a cult leader to you. I don't know who you're listening to. Oh my god, this reminds me of Orphan Black Bob. Bob. <laughs> Orphan Black Bob. Bob hasn't seen it. I know. Why is that? Okay. I know. Uh, anyway, he was, however, forthcoming with the causes of his longevity, however long it was. Uh, for most of his life, Walker sold juice and the promise that the diet of raw foods, particularly liquid form, was a source of health and wellness. Uh, Walker was born in Europe but immigrated to the United States as a young man. He eventually made his way out to California where he opened a juice bar and then uh, to the southwest where he turned out a series of health books. At some point, he started calling himself Dr. Norman W. Walker, although it's unclear where he earned the Ph.D. he said he had. Mm-hmm. The origin story of his juice revelation is set in France, where he had gone to convalesce after a breakdown. Uh, He watched, the story goes, one of his hosts peel carrots and noticed how wet the inside of the peels were. He borrowed a feed grinder and uh, ran some carrots through it, and he he had created carrot juice. Look, this is getting me all hot and bothered (laughs) talking about those wet peels. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, it was another one of those weird phrases, and that's like, ugh, gross. Uh, Anyway, by the time he reached California, he was searching for a better method of creating juice than selling. Manual juicers that existed at the time, he thought, could not extract all the value from the raw fruits and vegetables he was juicing, which makes it sound like he's pumping them full of steroids. (laughs) Like a carrot that's just they're going like, (laughs) You're saying that, and then I'm just picturing when Casey uh, first tried to get into making um, apple cider. And when yeah. he was run, he had his like regular home juicer, and he's running like how many bushels of apples through it and burns Seven bushels it out. of apples for one glass of juice. And he burns the thing out, and he's like, "Hmm, might need a better juicer." <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, he uh, he wrote in one of his books, "No pr- uh, practical hand juicer had been found." That could possibly extract all the vital elements from vegetables as they only partially crushed the fibers but did not uh, tri- triturate them. 
grind them finely. And trituration is fundamental principle behind the Norwalk Laboratory of Nutritional Chemistry and Scientific Re- uh, Research in the uh, liberation and reclamation of these vital elements. Oh, God. That is some grade A BS. That's like some like, pyramid I, scheme the stuff. To yes, no, that's what I'm saying. When I... When I say B, I was like, this this is a man who's written a cult book. This is this is the 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 Elron Hubbard of juice. This is the man who's gonna uh, sell you steaks and vodka with his name on them. Well, he created a mechanical juicer that ground vegetables into teeny tiny pieces. The juice still had to be pressed by hand. Uh, the descendant of that juicer, the Norwalk 280, is still considered one of the best juicers on the market today, and it's priced at about Twenty-five hundred dollars, oh. uh, or you could save yourself some. You could save yourself some money and just eat the vegetables whole. <laughs> that's uh, that's kind of my my shtick with it. I'm a cheapo. Mm. Why juice them when well, you could just eat them? Seems like a better idea. Uh, cumbersome and yet effective. The Walker's machine called the Norwalk first grates and squeezes fruits and vegetables. The pulp is placed into a linen bag and then pressed with a hydraulic press. It's the first of its kind. And it's still in use for people grinding f- juices from fruits and vegetables. Like, God. just, just that, that crazy lunatic that won't tell you his age because he's got a vested interest in you thinking he's older than he is. I, I'm going through this and I went, he's not the best con man I've ever seen, but it's great to know that modern juicing comes out of that guy. So for twenty five hundred dollars, that thing better be like Pee Wee Herman's breakfast machine. It needs to be Rube Goldbergian. I need twenty five. Yeah. So for twenty five hundred dollars, that thing, that thing better uh, better do more than juice. <laughs> okay. I better be I better be satisfied with it. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> With that diversion over, let's go back in our timeline and talk about a new addition to the fruit juice market, uh, frozen juices, which uh, were first marketed during the 1930s. During World War II, scientists developed a process for making powdered orange juice. I I feel like I know where we're going. The advent of gas chromatography. I'll give you a a quick little uh, uh, preview into the future. Uh, You'll be talking about this again Slightly later as we talk about a particular company. I feel like everyone knows the name of this company. Uh, Chromatography in the 1950s. It's coupling with the diagnostic strength of mass... God! What? (laughs) Mass spectroscopy. And the remarkable improvements in column sensitivity have no doubt been critical factors in the generation of the large number of beverages flavors and drink types available on today's market hmm. i guess being able to to I guess this is how you get cran uh, cranberries and everything is <laughs> all right we were able to actually separate this out we know how this is going to work what do we do we just add cranberry to it <laughs> is that going to sell well we can't sell cranberry juice by itself yeah got a splice apple in that which was a problem for one of the cocktail hours i had and it was like, no, it's a, they're like finding pure cranberry juice is actually hard to do. Yeah. Nobody wants to drink that. Because it's always cocktailed or mixed with apple juice. Nobody nobody wants that just by itself, <laughs> unless they've got a urinary problem. 
around the mid 1950s, the Champion Machine, Champion, the first <laughs> masticating juicer was invented. The high speed 4,000 RPM <laughs> of the turning rod friction, uh, which heats the juice and destroys the live enzymes and other nutrients. So completely useless. <laughs> Just, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, juice is healthy. Until it's If not. you, you know, didn't extract all of the stuff out of it. Vegetables are healthy until you process them. Mm -hmm. In 1993, the world's first twin gear juice extractor called the Green Power Juicer was produced. It's based on the old mortar and pestle method of pressing out the maximum living nutrients from fruits and vegetables. Like, I... When you say 1993 and I'm reading this, I'm just like in my head putting this ad together. <laughs> Based I, on the see, mortar I'm and pestle just... method of pressing out the maximum living nutrients. I'm I'm just picturing uh, that the you know a a, a a twin gear juice extractor is some sort of double mortar pestle <laughs> thing that's kind of a little floppy on both ends, <laughs> is it? Oh, God. All right. Let's get into some commercial juice. Mmm. Minute Maid. In 1945, the National Research Corporation of Boston, Massachusetts, developed a method of dehydrating medical products for use in the U.S. war effort. The U.S. Army wanted to extend this process to nutritious food, so NRC created a new subsidiary the florida foods corporation led by john m fox florida foods corporation won a government contract worth seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for five hundred thousand pounds of powdered orange juice for the war drink tang beat the nazis <laughs> that's exactly where my mind went the war ended and the contract was canceled before the factory could be built but with investment, the company moved forward with a product. <laughs> Look, they got paid. Doesn't matter if they got the job done. Yeah. Rather than selling powder to the public market, the company decided to create frozen orange juice concentrate using a process that eliminated 80% of water and orange juice. A Boston marketing firm came up with the name Minute Maid, implying the juice was quick and easy to prepare. The first shipment took place in April 1946, the same month the company was renamed Vacuum Foods Corporation. Ah, uh, that'll sell. Much mm, more appealing. So appetizing. With limited By the way, how like did you have any idea Minute Maid was quite that old? No. no. Actually, I didn't. Yeah, I was kind of like, man, wait, Minute Maid's from World War II? Jesus. Then well, you want to be like, well done. <laughs> With limited funds for advertising, Fox himself went door-to-door -door giving free samples until demand skyrocketed. In October 1948, Time Magazine announced the entertainer, entertainer. Bing Crosby. Good old Bing. Said it's, it's okay to beat your kids with a bag of oranges. Don't bruise kids, don't long, bruise the oranges. As long as they're uh, concentrate. Now, Bing Crosby was to employ a five-day-a-week radio show to promote Minute Maid. The Crosby radio show ran until October 1950, and the availability to purchase fresh-tasting orange juice at any time of year, far from where oranges are grown, proved popular and led to the company's national success. Look, 
the idea that you could have something like that any time of the year. Yeah. You gotta think there's a re like if you ever wondered why oranges and citrus fruit are like a thing in a Christmas stocking, it's because it was so rare to get. It was especially it was an impressive out of season. thing to Yeah. It was an impressive thing to like, oh, how is it still here and fresh? Yeah. That's one of those uh one of those real odd things. Like if you ever wondered why you see uh on uh Oh, I'm trying to think. Some gate posts, you'll see pineapples. There'll be like a stone pineapple on it. For you're like, what the hell is that about? Like we're nowhere near where pineapples grow. It's like that's the point. That's why it yeah. was a, it used to be a thing. Because if you went on vacation somewhere where there were pineapples, you would bring one back and just basically to show it off, you'd stick them on your gate post just to show <laughs> I went. We had pineapples. I have so many. I have an extra one here. Look at it. Like that's essentially Look, what gaze that upon, was. Gaze upon its rough exterior and be amazed. <laughs> so nowadays, as decoration, we're like, "Look at this stone pineapple." Sure. Gaze upon its <laughs> hard structure and be amazed. In October 1949, the company adopted the name Minute Maid Corp. In late 1954, Minute Maid purchased rival Snow Corp. Huh. Uh, the Minute Maid company was purchased by Coca-Cola in 1960. At that point, it becomes a lot less interesting to talk about Minute Maid. Yep, and then, you know, it gets more interesting. Tropicana. Anthony T. Rossi. I'm just assuming that's how that one's going. Uh, was born sure. in Sicily and educated to high school level. He immigrated to the United States when he was 21 years old. His first involvement with the Florida citrus industry was fresh fruit gift boxes sold by Macy's and Gimbel's. When's the last time you heard Gimbel's? Department stores <sighs> in New York City. About five seconds ago, when you said the word gimbals. <laughs> in 1947, Rossi settled in Palometto, Florida, and began packing fruit gift boxes and jars of sectioned fruit for salads under the name Manatee River Packing Company. As the fruit segment uh, business grew, the company moved to a larger location in East Brandenton, Florida, and mm. changed its name to Fruit Industries. Very original. The ingredients of the fresh fruit salads on the menu of New York's famed Waldorf Astoria Hotel were supplied by Fruit Industries. I feel like outside of tomatoes, fruit does not belong on salads. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to counter that, but that's fine. Not a fan of it. Uh, at the Look, East I don't like salads, and I <laughs> do like fruit. That's why I'm... Mm. I, the things I don't like can go together. Look, I've had a good strawberry feta salad that's just fantastic. Waldorf Astoria Total Landscaping? Yes. <laughs> At the East Brandenton location, Rossi began producing frozen concentrated orange juice as a natural extension of the fruit section business. In 1952, with growth of the orange juice business in mind, Rossi purchased the Grapefruit Canning Company in Brandenton. This fresh fruit segments and orange juice business were so successful that he discontinued production of fruit boxes. He developed flash pasteurization in 1954, a process that rapidly raised the temperature of juice for a short time to preserve its fresh taste. So all I can think of is just flash. Ah, yep. Pasteurization. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. And it, again, kills all those nice little bugs that, uh, you know, ferment it, make it alcoholic. For the first time, yeah. consumers could have the fresh taste of pure, not-from-concentrate juice 
in a ready-to-serve chilled package. The Take juice, that, Minute Maid. <laughs> the juice Tropicana Pure Premium became the company's flagship product. In 1957, the company's name was changed to Tropicana Products, Inc. to reflect the growing appeal of the Tropicana brand. Because nothing else sold. <laughs> Tropicana purchased $1 million worth of refrigerated trucks to deliver Pure Premium. Soon, 2,000 dare... Wait, yeah. Dairy uh, delivered... I was like, wait, what? Dairies, yeah. Yeah, why are dairies delivering Tropicana? Because refrigerated trucks. Uh, refrigerated trucks. Yeah, pure premium orange juice to the doorsteps of consumers each morning. By 1958, a ship, SS Tropicana, <laughs> was taking 1.5 million gallons <laughs> of juice to New York each week from the new base at Cape Canaveral. Wow. Yeah. So I want to point out like how much money they had to have sunk into there for, you know, well, obviously a million dollars worth of refrigerated trucks, but also a ship. Yeah. Yeah. As you do. <sighs> wasn't wasn't a fishing trawler out there. At the end, all this is just for orange juice. Like, <laughs> just wanna. Yeah. Take a second. Like, wow. From 1960 to 1970, Tropicana utilized TOFC trailers on flatbed cars to move the juice more efficiently. In 1970, Tropicana orange juice was shipped as finished goods via refrigerated boxcars in one weekly round trip from Florida to Canary, New Jersey. Carney. Carney. Wow. Okay, by the following year, the company was operating two 65-car unit trains a week, each carrying around one million gallons. Wow. <laughs> uh Sorry, I'm just I'm laughing at the the, the next. Oh yeah, the, the next line. You mean the Great White Juice Train? <laughs> Great White Juice Train. <laughs> yeah, sorry. A lot a lot of puns mm. come out of this. Uh, that was the first unit train in the food industry, consisting of 150 uh, to 100 short ton insulated box cars fabricated in Alexandria, Virginia, shops of Fruit Growers Express. That's yeah. the great white juice train. Uh, commenced service on June 7th, 1971, over the 1,250-mile route. Wow. An additional 100 cars were soon incorporated into the fleet, and small mechanical refrigeration units were installed to keep the temperatures consistent on hot days. In 2004, Tropicana's rail fleet of 514 cars traveled over 35 million miles. Jesus. <laughs> A method that is three times more fuel efficient than other shipping methods. Okay. I know a lot of that's just boring shipping stuff, but at the same time, like, think of the amount of logistics they had to do as a company to, like, no, we all of this work to make juice get somewhere quickly and still be cold. To have cold, fresh orange juice. Uh, yeah. Like, at the end of the day, that's what this was about. And they were revitalized, like, completely reinventing shipping techniques yeah yeah do this like changing how how we ship and do business for orange yeah. juice like at a certain point i'm looking at like look guys i'm just real impressed yeah, like... <laughs> gosh we're all impressed <laughs> <laughs> tropicana was acquired by pepsico in 1998 which combined it with the dole brand for marketing purposes it has become the world's leading producer of branded fruit juices. Tropicana headquarters moved to Chicago in 2003, where they every day set cars on fire. 
on the outer <laughs> interstates. They just just to celebrate. <laughs> they just looked out there and they went, mm, "This juice is delicious." Put another car for me. It pleases me. Due to the decreased productivity of Florida's orange co- crop, in the wake orange of- crop. <laughs> <laughs> Freudian slip. Florida's orange <sighs> crop in the wake of several car fires damaging. <laughs> no, I uh, several. Oh, God, the frost. Okay, frost. <laughs> Get it back together. Tropicana began using a blend of Florida and Brazilian oranges in 2007. Oh, I didn't know Brazilian oranges were a thing. Citing an increased consumer interest in the origin of food products, the company announced in February 2012 that the Tropicana Pure Premium line would return to sourcing oranges only from Florida. Tropicana uh, later reverted only, its sourcing to oranges from both Florida. Florida. Uh, for a brief period, and then they went back because uh, they realized eh, it's expensive to get all your oranges from Florida. Hmm. Yeah, they uh, they don't they don't work for as cheap. Yeah, I mean they don't have a whole rainforest to deforest and mm. you know grow trees there. They don't have indigenous people they can enslave. All right, all right, all right. So uh, juicing, super fun times. Yeah, I found a nice article when we were setting this up about how, about. The good and bad things for, you know, using juices, hmm. you know, getting into the whole fad. And I'm just like, this feels like it's necessary. Oh, yeah. And from, to point out, from Harvard. So not just like a random, you know. Uh, so a juicing so, machine. Sorry, what? I was like, just, just from someplace. Yeah. Just, you know, some blokes in, in the Northeast. Yeah. Some bloke down the way. Uh, can't be scared of can't be scared of a of a juice of a Jeffrey, Jeffrey. juice. Uh, so a juicing machine removes the pulp and fresh fruit and vegetables. This extracts the juice. Juice recipes often use fruits and vegetables together in various combinations. Drinking fresh juices you've made at home can help you squeeze more fresh juices. Uh, sque- sorry, squeeze more fresh fruits and vegetables into your diet. Less than one third of adults. Adult Americans eat the recommended nine servings a day, according to CDC. Yeah. Not surprised by that at all. I don't want to smack um, my head. I could have had a V8. Uh, uh, also, it can help you use up leftover produce and save money on groceries. Plus, you can increase your intake of healthy antioxidants, soluble fiber, vitamins, and minerals. In the past five Boop. years, some studies have found a potential link between certain juices and health. So kale juice may improve lipid levels, such as cholesterol, which affect your risk of heart disease. But at what cost? (laughs) Drinking kale, that's the cost. Drinking kale. So I think the industry has learned what to do. Like, so First Watch is one of my favorite places in the world. Has a kale, they call it a kale tonic, but it's so it's kale and apple juice and kiwi and cucumber and lemon. But at that point. No, it's not. Oh. But at that point, I heard tonic, and so I'm assuming. I know it's just the name. What's the actual, you know, value of it to your body by the time it's been processed this way? I don't know. Delicious though. Uh, so kale juice. Uh, we, we already talked about that. So carrot juice. Carrot juice. Carrot juice may reduce 
oxidative or oxidative stress in cells in women treated for breast cancer. That's cool. Um, I mean, Chris, we don't need carrot juice. Yeah, you guys are good. Uh, so says you. Citrus-based juices and carrot juice may reduce heart disease risk. Ah, so no, he doesn't oh. need carrot juice. Uh, more research is needed to identify the health benefits and safety of juicing. On the other hand, <laughs> decades of research have shown that a balanced diet rich in fruits and vegetables protects us from chronic diseases such as cancer and heart disease. In addition, a study found that increasing intake of whole green leafy vegetables by one serving was associated with a lower risk of developing type 2 diabetes in women. Right, but whole, not Yeah, not juice. Juice. Uh, juicing removes the skin and insoluble fibers of fruits and vegetables. So the juice itself has a different nutritive value and may not have the same health benefits as whole fruits and vegetables. Yeah, that just makes sense. So uh, consider this. The vitamin, mineral, and antioxidant content of a whole fruit, like an apple, is decreased significantly when you peel the skin. One extra serving a day of juice may be associated with an increased risk of developing type 2 diabetes in women. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So the whole fruit will get rid of it. All that extra sugar from yeah, the concentrated juice. Concentrated sugar. <laughs> Not so much. Hmm. Uh, insoluble fiber can promote bowel regularity, lower cholesterol, stabilize blood sugars, and promote uh, satiety, a sense of fullness to maintain a healthy weight. Insoluble fiber, however, is lost in the juicing process. Yeah. Because that skin, that glorious skin. <laughs> like a potato. Oh, yeah. We, we you know, like a baked potato, he was like, oh, we just throw that. No. Mm, Gotta yep. eat the whole, every part of the buffalo. Yeah, we never peel the potatoes. I was gonna um, say, if you're not eating your potato skins, I don't, I don't know what you are. You're some kind of animal. Yeah, like, what are you doing? Uh, excessive intake of juice may cause weight gain and be dangerous for people with diabetes because juice is a concentrated source of calories and sugar. The devil, you say. Uh, juices don't have protein, which keeps us full and helps maintain muscle mass for a healthy weight. So all in all, it's just not sounding good. Um, aside from the nutritional considerations, juicing raises other concerns. So <laughs> expense. Juicers themselves range from fifty to one four hundred dollars, or two thousand five hundred dollars <laughs> for that one craziness. Uh, also, there's a risk of bacterial growth. Unpasteurized juices can have harmful bacteria that cause serious infections. This is why it's actually good to buy pasteurized juice from the store, probably. But at the same time, maybe just don't get juice. Um, potential side effects. Juice fast diets uh, to get rid of toxins in the body can cause diarrhea, fatigue, and irritability. I would also be irritable if I was tired and had diarrhea. Yeah. And <laughs> had only been drinking juice. Yeah, I'd be... I'd be angry as hell. I mean, in fairness, I get real tired when I have diarrhea from all the... <laughs> yeah. From how irritable I am. <laughs> yeah, all that's it. All of it just makes sense. From how irritable I and my butthole are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, no published research currently supports the safety or efficacy of juice cleanses or fasts. Neither does my butthole. Hmm. Some types of juices are associated with health benefits, but more research is needed to determine cause and effect. 
The literature says that drinking vegetable juice is a healthy way to increase your intake of vegetables. However, it should not replace fresh whole vegetables in the diet. Whole fruit. I feel like B8 does not. Yeah. Irritable <laughs> butthole syndrome. <laughs> chat. Yep. Yeah. That's basically what that is. And then that then you get fatigued. Uh, so um, whole fruits and vegetables have a higher nutritive value and can help the body to naturally detoxify itself. Yeah. <sighs> so I think what we found out is that juice, like most of the other liquids we talk about in our show, is in not fact not for healthy you. for you. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's one of those things you can go, oh, well, uh, it all came from a con man, and uh, it's not, not as good for you as you thought. Yeah. Well, like the the like... the people who are all about juicing as a way to be healthy, yeah, no, that was that was a con hustle. Yeah. yeah. So if you're just working a little little juice into your diet and with a healthy diet, yeah, it'll, it'll kind of help. But it's essentially like to to me, it's like um, what some people have like said about vaping. It's like it's not good for you. It's it, better than like it's better than the alternative, than, but than it's not smoking. good for you. Yeah, but like it's still not a good. You still sh- shouldn't do it. <laughs> you shouldn't do either thing, really. <laughs> it's like juice. Um, I guess it's good if you're literally not getting any vegetables in your diet. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, but you maybe just eat some vegetables. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh... But man, I do, I do love apple juice. <laughs> yeah, we have. Uh, we just got some juicy juice, uh, grape juice, to have our Ooh. son try it. And I also love grape juice. Yeah, I mean, he'll only drink juice if it's cut uh, down to like a quarter. It's a it's little like bit a, of juice and then a lot of water. <laughs> he he is not about the tartness. His reaction when he had. Uh, or the tanginess when he oh had the mac sauce. He did like the full body shivers. We got, yeah, he dipped the fry in some mac, mac sauce, sauce and then put it in his mouth. Oh. And he was he just goes, like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and then he went back for more. <laughs> Gin and juice. Oh, yes, yes. The best of both worlds. Yes. That's a, the, uh, the total, like, not you the proper, do this thing. It's the proper way. <laughs> All right. Well, um, sadly, it's not a, a speaking of juice. Uh Speaking of beverages as a whole, here's... Drink with me, friend. Yeah. I don't think any of us are drinking juice. I'm drinking close. I'm I'm drinking a juice-inspired, and the fruits are in it. Mm. But you go go first. Oh. Uh, No, I was nowhere near juice, it turns out. Um, I'm having water now, but uh, I had... It's gone. Um, you and the desk had. I, okay, yes, I spilled a little bit. Goodness. Uh, but I had uh, my favorite bourbon, the Woodford Reserve Double Oaked. After she made a large show of opening every other whiskey bottle on the shelf and sniffing it and putting it back, she went to the one she always drinks. Yeah, I don't know why I even tried. Because I was like, do I want a scotch? Do I want these? I definitely don't want Irish whiskey because that's not enough. But yeah, that's and that's where I ended up. But uh, it helped my throat tremendously because I was coughing so much more than than I than I am now. Uh, you know, uh, good cures for the uh, you know for the flu. You know, involve like a bit of ginger root, some licorice, and a strong shot of whiskey. 
you, you can you actually do. forego the ginger and the uh, and the licorice and still be well on your way. Yeah, cut yeah. out the middleman. Just, just jump straight to it. Oh, Bob. Yeah, I was going to say, is there more, or, or are we ready no, for me? Just, just bourbon. That's that's what my okay. motto. Okay. Well, I Kentucky uh, juice. Kentucky juice. Well, I my my juice comes from Scotland. Mm. Mm, Scotch juice. Yeah. Scotch juice. <laughs> yes, and it's a uh, <laughs> squeezed from the <laughs> freshly squeezed from the finest whiskey fruit, says Del Noche, and. Yeah, yeah uh, Del Fresh. Noche is actually very, very familiar with this one. Uh, I'm drinking uh, Oban 14. Squeezed from the finest uh, old moldy ground in Scotland. I was going to sque- squeeze from the finest peat. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I need to know what a whiskey fruit looks like, by the way. <laughs> peat. <laughs> uh, sure. yeah, no, that's at least it. in Scotland. It's peat. Uh yeah, no, this is a uh, Highland Scotch. It's a 14-year. It's 43% uh, ABV. It's a uh, barley fruit. Yeah, that that's it. It's a uh, it's real nice. It's it's got a nice it's got a a sweetness to it, but it's also got a nice uh 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 you know, barrel flavor that kind of like helps, you know, and the alcohol burns. They're like, yeah, here, set your tongue up. You're gonna be good for the rest of the night. <laughs> uh, it's it, it's a pretty it's a pretty good scotch. I'm I've been enjoying it. Uh, I had it during uh, the the cocktail hour, and that's kind of well. I was like, perhaps we'll. Uh, oh yeah, there is a nice spicy kick in the finish. Yeah, I was like, we uh, we talked a bit about it during that, and just kind of gushed about how much we were enjoying everything and uh, watching. Uh, <laughs> watching people uh, experiment with putting bits of water into their whiskey and seeing it change everything. It's like, yeah, no, science. Hmm. Darndest thing, that. Hmm. But uh, how about you, Chris? Uh, what what sort of juice are you drinking? Well, I'm having an alcoholic pog juice. So, uh, well, it's a pog juice-styled beer. So it's a, a sour, sour ale, presumably uh, Berliner Weiss. That's around here. That's just the shortcut. A lot of people do like, oh, let's do a Berliner Weiss and dump a metric ton of fruit puree into it and pog, passion fruit, orange, guava. And uh, yeah, it's pretty good. And I got to clear a lot of stuff out of the fridge. So <laughs> one way to do that is to drink it. If only I was able to help. If only someone could help me drink this mini fridge full of Dark Lord that I've amassed. Oh. If only anyone could come help me drink all of this. Well, for the Dark Lord, we've got to wait like ninety-seven years. <laughs> Look, on we've some of it, until a juicing con man dies before we can drink that. <laughs> some of the bottles are already aged. Oh, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll be in the car. I was gonna say, like, otherwise, like, I like soy sauce as much as the next person. We but... could we could get a bunch of sushi and open a fresh 2020 Dark Lord. God, sprinkle that some Dark Lord. Sounds like a really good idea. That does. Like dipping the sushi in the Dark Lord and eating it. Oh, I want sushi so. I want. I just pictured nigiri in my head, and I'm just like, yep. It's been a while since we had any sushi. I would love it. Because the thought of getting sushi as takeout just feels blasphemous. 
you know what? Sometimes you do what you got to do to get by, Chris. Yeah. And you don't make judgments about other people who have to do it. <laughs> hey, I got Kroger sushi the other day, and it was delicious. Uh, Chris, I think we may have found uh, a, an idea, though, for for uh, 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 New Year's. Maybe. <laughs> I, I don't know if I could bring myself to uh Okay, that's fine. I was just like, it's, it's, that's fine. We don't have to. I thought you I was, were going to say to waste sushi. <laughs> Oh dear! All right. Uh, On that note, yeah, I think that I think that rounds us out. Uh, this, you know, more fun episode than I thought it was going to be going in. So. No, yeah, you. Did, uh, first of all, I need to say, Bob did a wonderful no, no. job. <laughs> because no, no, we no, no. were embroiled with you know, water-filled walls. And yeah, it's get fine. Anything done today? Uh, but. If you want to know more about any of this stuff, you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com or follow us at haveadrinkshow on social media and at twitch.tv. You know, just search Have a Drink Show. You'll find us. Uh, if you, you already have. You're listening here. Uh, or you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address, feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. You can also use the feedback page on the website. Anything you want to send to us, we're, we're happy to read and probably put it on the show if, it, yeah, if there's a question that we can answer and turn it into content. If you want to tell us that uh, we're idiots and you know something more than we do, hey, tell us. We were wrong. <laughs> You're probably correct. Please. That's, that's entirely the point of the show is we're learning. Correct us if you know otherwise. Yeah. But uh, all joking and fun aside, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. Look, I don't know where you would be drinking and going in this day and age. (laughs) It's 2020. There's no, you can't. It's not going anywhere. We're all about to be locked down again. It does just just sit home and drink. What what else do you got going on? Nothing. Hmm. Just sit home and drink. All of us. We'll sit home and we'll drink. Except those of us that are essential, in which case we'll go to work. Then we come home and sit drink and drink. Yeah. All right, well, uh, you can check us out in another couple of weeks for the next live episode. And remember, of course, to check out our Patreon and Have a Drink Show and also haveadrinkstore.com. And once may again, have drunkenly bought a throw pillow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker, and we will see you guys next time. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>